started tonight listening to Lauren Hill, my favorite, to Zion. I'm on one, unapologetic for me, just me. Welcome to the Flyers Vibe, my lifeline to you. I need you. And may I start by wishing you greater rewards for this coming year, this year, from day one to the dirt, hopefully 100 years from now. Thank you for giving me your ear. I'm talking to myself again tonight. Follow up up on a text, she typed, hello, HYD. I'm just checking on you. I replied, send me a picture. You should see her. She is fire. Fire. Seconds later, my phone alarms with the pic. I replied to her. You had the most beautiful eyes and a smile that lights my eyes. You are truly fire. I know that God has created many beautiful women creatures and that God has blessed me with enough draw to capture the attention of enough of his beautiful creatings. However, this one I believe is truly for me. She has class and she is protective of that class. She may be the reason why I'm talking to myself at night once again. God the great, the most wise and powerful the almighty eye in eyes of each who beholds has allowed us faith, hope, and love and speak in his written word that the greatest of these three is love. He, in his most wise teachings, teaches us that there is no fear in love, for love shatters all fears. I guess I have not been in love, but I know love though I fear the absences from love. But God, the judge of my character, my efforts, my interactions, and my ways I demonstrate me, reminds me in each mirror that there are people seeing what I see, yet not so critically. He has given me the presence of mind to entertain potential, and to entertain potential thoughts, keeping me ready to yield my best impressions when bait is in the water. He has shown me the path that I tiptoe towards my destiny and has given me the audacity to be me in pursuit of one who suits me. God, he has given me the audience to help mold and to complete me. So while I am in front of most, the most beautiful set of eyes, I can be keen enough to show her the real me that she needs to see. So the tingle can run up and down her spine before I impress upon her between her knees. Yes, I have a message for you. So tonight, like most nights, I sit here virtually in front of you, in my mood, speaking to you through the connections that may allow you to capture inspirational passages of the great Keith Leasy, words that are set aside for wisdom, words that please but tease the soul. 
Signature thoughts that weigh on the brain to foster the desires of release. Pacified by intellectual healing. Prescribed by the pen and pad of the doctor of poetry. The thought that triggers the flow of tonight is believing in your disposition. You look as good as you feel and look better to someone. I will be tonight leaning on an extensive journey of seeking, catching, losing, and waiting on some. Feeling at disadvantages. Feeling unattractive. Feeling substandard. Feeling better than some, but hesitant to the ones I wanted. Settling for some. Impatient. Pulling from the wise fourth Kyler. Birth through a poem. I too hear my own pain within and rely on my audience to assist me with turning my joy and pain into worthy work to decorate pages. I, the screenwriter, just like Kyler, the executive, executive director, who with the keen eyesight in mind forms such products and productions as these which I have done to you alone in the dark, swallowing my emotions from memories. Tonight we sip on wine again. Happy New Year. For wine is calming, classy, and highly influential to the mood for two to engage in conversations. Castello di Amorosa's La Fantasia, Napa Valley's Italian style of frisant, soft sparkling wine which is naturally sweet with bright aromas of summer strawberry pomegranate, and wild berries lead to juicy flavors of black raspberry and plum with a lively mouthfeel and refreshing finish. An excellent sip. Tonight's stick, celebrating with Alec Bradley's secret Corojo, a smooth and slow burn yielding flavors of coffee, natural tobacco, bacon spice, and sweet earth. And of course, tonight a tea light and candles. The Mood for Romance, set by the mood makers of Stash Candles, candle entitled Boss Life. Another great scent crafted from the hands of the mood manager of Stash Candles, www.stashcandleco.com, or text STASH to 31996 and tell her that I sent you for Boss Life, so you can relax to a sparkling bouquet of pomegranate, peach, apple, and roses combined with sparkling citrus notes that create a sensation of champagne-like bubbles fitting for the new year. And like our ways, if the environment does not allow for the room to be filled with smoke, how about heating up an oven and blend in the whimsical smell of some fresh cookies? And the color for tonight is regal purple. That color of royalty. That key piece in the game. Good enough to be in the midst of other pieces, but great enough to be the dominant piece, boldly making statements. Purple is said to be somewhat intimidating, embodying strength, prestige, and ability. Grand. Me. Hello. Happy New Year. And tonight's focus is on how there is no greater feeling than that to be loved, truly loved. Attractive and looking for love may be intimidating. Purple, 
however you are strong enough to play. Purple. Admired enough to gain attention. Purple. And you have exactly what it takes in a range of shades of purple. Science describes the attraction that we speak of in these three main disciplines. Physical attraction, social attraction, and task attraction. Physical attraction involves being attracted to or showing entrance in for pleasure based on the physical looks of a person. Social attraction is when we are attracted to someone based on their personalities. An area where I sometimes win. And task involves being attracted to someone based on their abilities. Power. Prestige. Honor. Sportsmanship. But what makes you attracted to someone? The rules of, of attraction are said to be complex, influenced by a range of elements, appearance, smell, and paramonophenomena, behavior, experience. However, sometimes the game of love comes down to one of the most basic factors, how close someone is to you, proximity. For years, research has shown that we are simply attracted to those individuals who we may see on a regular basis. That coworker of yours, one that you may not pay much attention to when you first started working at the place, but later there's something screw on you. Now you find yourself attracted to that person. Could be smell. Can a man's smell make a woman wet? Studies suggest that men can smell when a woman is turned on because of her aroma or her sweat. Does it matter? For me, I think she's always wet. Or soon will be wet. I'm willing to play. Vaginal wetness is common when you're feeling aroused due to the increase in blood flow through that area. A woman's response to sex is usually wetness. But you may have not realized that it's also present when she is not aroused. She does not have to be wet to be aroused. And you do not have to engage in any type of intercourse just because she's wet. But I can't get my thought, my mind off the thought of her being wet. Love and sex suggest that a girl wants to be the best sex she's at, that she may have ever had. She wants to be better than all the girls that you may have had. And she wants no one to be able to ever make you feel the way that she makes you feel. So fellas, when you're with your girl, you got to make her believe this. Work it in by the way you talk to her. Pillow talk. Regular talk. Random talk. Dirty talk. Relationship expert Jesse W. advises that it's not the best strategy for us to directly stimulate a woman when in the activity of sex, sex, meaning don't rush into dealing with the clitoris. It can be painful. She suggests that you ease the clit to maximize pleasure, applying variations of pressure according to the reaction that your girl may be showing in the sensitive moments of the stimulations. 
still I can't get my mind off her being wet. Tonight's discussion inspires me, reminds me of the poetry from the great P. Fleazy, Vivid Dreams, poem entitled Sulfur Over the Years. And it reads, for some reason, I have grown soft over the years. Soft, not softer. For I'm always behaved savagely. Your life in my most influential stages of wisdom has me more considerate of God's intent for living. And unlike the days when my heart was subconsciously cold, and when I stood mammothly bold, stone cold, with nothing between me, my soul, and what I care for, what, not who, but whom, for those were the days when I took advantage of choices. And here in these softer days as I grow, as I become older, I seem to have grown fond of perfect mates, fond not fonder, because initially I did not give a fuck. Now in this sexual spiritual journey, I find myself less than mighty as I used to be, and my spiritual feet weakly planted in the mud that fails to support me, trying to cultivate for greener grass as the perfect mate for my sexual spiritual journey, sidetracked by hips, tips, and ass, instead of intelligence, loyalty, truth, and trustworthiness, and commitments for women I deal with. Women. Realizing that life may have been better lived by me when I played on the sidewalks, dreaming of basketball on the garages, and football on my own grass, shuffling mini skirts, eyes of leaders monitoring my movements and distractions during Sunday services, and educators forcing me to ridiculously, ridiculously scribe the same lines suggested of my behavior 1,000 times. I will not be disrespectful to my peers. I will not be disrespectful to my peers. What the fuck is a peer? She told me to look under that skirt. Yet somehow the teacher knew my intent was not with the chivalry or nor childishly, but curiously and warranted before being addressed. And she knew her responsibility to instill good, old-fashioned, godly principles in line with the curriculum and daily advocations. My testimony. Me savagely behaving as if what mattered to me is what I fucked with and gave a fuck about when I did what, not who or whom. For this was before I realized that my choice and my close connections, my strongest genetically attachments made the differences between savage, beast, or willingness to love or risk love again. Thus here at the front door of my older days, I have decided to flip the page to where I should have been when I was in my 20s. Loyal, committed, obedient to sacrament, Honorable, scholarly, influential, and dedicated. 
dedicated to give understanding to those who may have traveled along my safe path, yet failed to stray to the righteous path. Right here where I find my ass, blinded by distractions. Now, absorbing the flow from the wise one, entertained by somewhat eloquently stated thoughts, something that may have changed something in your day, hopefully something that's influential to your year. I reveal to gather the data to offer you a little verbiage to close the day, closing this year. He who listens to the traffic and is not disturbed is capable of lending his ears on call to the woman he loves. The proud comforter of woman's ailing heart or her weary mind finds the time to listen, console, soothe, and help heal without doubt in his abilities, nor his influence he has on her, for he has studied every moment from the day that they met. For when God placed this woman on his path, the signs read reserved for the righteous. Thus, when she hurts, he is not right. But when she shines, he lives according to the intent of the gospel and the delicacy of his ribs. So if I find your girl crying and you refuse to lend the ears, there's a greater risk that you will not never have that influence over her again. Not that I am hating, not that I steal, not that I cheat, nor do I intend to lure another man's rib. But do you know how dangerous it is for the attention to women that I give? I leave you suggesting that you search for this song, The Facts of Life, by Bobby Womack. Happy New Year from the Great One. The Don Fly, the Great and Wise, T. Fleezy. Mm -hmm.